This is Liz Reed. This is my podcast called Liz Life Guru. I'm a practicing therapist here in Michigan. This show will focus on addiction, mental health issues from beginning to end. I am also in recovery for the past 20 years and have plenty of topics that can help you from A to Z. So let's get started. Gina, are you a worrier? Because I know I am. I am, and sometimes I worry more than I about some things than I do about other things. Or some things I'm like, ah, yes. whatever. I don't. I'm not worried about that. Um, yeah, sometimes I give myself some good anxiety. Yes. Would you venture to say that worrying is a learned behavior, or that you were just kind of born a worrier? Yes. Yes. What? Yes, I think both. I think both. I think when I was teaching that the Sunday night scaries are a real thing for mm-hmm. any teacher out mm-hmm. there. And so the Sunday night scaries were always before I was teaching. In fact, sometimes I still have Sunday night scaries and I haven't taught in four years. Yeah. So um, I think sometimes it, uh, probably you're the environment that you grew up in. If you're around mm-hmm. a lot of people that are always sure. worried, I'm worried, I'm worried, I'm worried. So what do you learn? You learn you should be worried. Yeah. But I think some things are just intrinsically so, from my own experience. I don't know. You're the expert on this. You tell me. So there's an actual place that worry comes from, from the reptilian brain, which is our survival brain. That is the part of the brain near the brain stem. It is our first brain and our oldest part of our brain. So it's worse that uh, flight or fight type area of the brain that we talk about all the time with anxiety disorders and depression that is where worry essentially comes from. So as you and I have talked about before, worry is like any other mental health disorder that is passed down through genetics, but also it's a learned behavior. Like if we had a mother who worried a lot, did you have a mother who worried a lot? I did. I had a mother who worried all the time. She was always wringing her wrists over things and worrying about future outcomes that you can't change or fix or possibilities of maybe this might happen, that might happen. What are we going to do then? What, what? Oh, gosh, maybe if I lay here and worry and think about it, then I can change the outcome. What would you say? Do you think that you do some of that yourself when you know people who do? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yes to both. Yes, I know people who do. And yes, I probably have, you know, done it myself. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, if I would have said or would have done or you know, the what ifs, the what yeah, ifs. If we could change it. And then it seems as though we do a lot of our worrying if it's not, you know, sometimes it can get so uh, intense that we definitely need help. You know, that becomes rumination where we can't focus on anything but worrying about past events that we can't Certainly. fix. Yeah. The anxiety. Sometimes you feel that I yeah. have, I have felt like the anxiety, like, oh my God, I just can't stop think. I might, I might say, mm-hmm. oh, I can't stop thinking about this, which really read the fine print. I can't stop worrying about mm-hmm. this. And it causes anxiety. You know, you have that like, oh, yeah. that flutter in your chest or that. Sure. You know. Like, so there's oh. legitimate worry. Sure. There are legitimate things that we need to worry about. Like, how am I going to pay my bills? What is my job secure? Is my child okay tonight while they're out? Somebody's sick. Are they going to be okay? Is there going to be a better outcome? There's a bazillion things to worry about that are legitimate worries. We're not talking about right now, although they're very important, frivolous worry. Frivolous worry about little income uh, or little outcomes that we have no connection to that there's nothing we can do about. You know, stupid stuff like old rehashing old arguments at 3 a.m. when we're laying there in bed. And then there's our legitimate worries that we have. And so how do you think, well we could find a way to 
squelch or quiet, legitimate worry when it in fact has a place in our life. It doesn't seem like there is a way to calm that down. Time helps, right? As time goes on, we accept most almost anything and it becomes livable. Would you say that? Definitely. Yeah, I think you or you live with it. Yeah, you live with it because you know that stressing about it hasn't gotten you anywhere. I often say to my patients, worry is a useless emotion. It is useless. It accomplishes absolutely nothing. But we also feel as though we have no control over it. Mm -hmm. We feel that worry is part of our mind that has created the scenario of future outcomes that we have no ability to control ourselves. Would you agree with that? Yes. I, I, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think so. I think it's giving something power over, uh, over us that mm -hmm. we don't mean to give our power away. Yeah. It's kind of like our mental judge over our life. It kind of tells us right from wrong, on what we've done wrong or what we have done wrong that we need to worry about. So when we stress and worry a lot, this creates anxiety disorders, depressive disorders. It can manifest into a spiral kind of going there thing that I've talked to you about where we could go down the rabbit hole of stress and anxiety about life and our life. And then that blossoms into something even larger. So when we worry... I, th I don't think that we pay enough attention to how much damage that it does. I think that we just consider it to be part of who we are. I think that we think of it that, you know, my mother worried or I worried. But if you look back on those people that worried, that taught you to worry, or you knew that were heavy-duty worriers, they didn't live very happy lives because they were always frightened about future outcomes. So what we do know is we can't change the past and we cannot change the future. So what kind of place would worry have in our lives? We have to learn to cope. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you cope with it? I guess that would be. Yeah. So you're right. If you can't change the past or the, in, or the future, how do you have to cope with the worries that you have? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And definitely understanding that worry is part of our lives and it's always going to be there. But the impact it has on our life is vitally important. So we have to have a safeguard against the things that increase our worrying. So in a lot of ways that we think about, let's see, let's put together a scenario. So we're, our next show is going to be about the holidays, right? We're going to talk about the holidays, which sure. are upcoming. A lot of people are meeting that with a lot of dread and for a, a good reason, right? There's a lot that goes on with the dynamics of holidays. So when we start thinking about either our family or a subject or something that is worrying us, the best way to handle it is to try to put our brain into another thought process about something that we define as stressful. So that's like nipping it in the bud the minute the reptilian brain pops into action of, oh, here I go. I'm starting to worry. I'm starting to really stress. I think often we just kind of walk around with worry. We just carry worry on our backs as though it's this burden that we bear, and we don't do anything about it when it starts to happen. One of the best things you can do when you worry is to preoccupy yourself. Find something to do. So they say it takes two and a half minutes in order to distract yourself from something that is bothering you. That can be getting up, walking around, throwing in a load of laundry, cooking something, making a phone call, whatever that would be. So let's say this happens at three o'clock in the morning. One of the things I often say to people is 
designing a happy place for you that you can go to when you're worrying. So, so for some people, for me, often I'll think about after I die, where will I be going? Where would be the ultimate place I would go to? What would be beautiful? What would be happy for me? For some weird reason, I dream about this beautiful old Victorian home with these wonderful acreage and my grandfather's playing his violin out on the patio. My mother's inside cooking. My father's out in the backyard smoking. These are all people that I haven't seen in 100 years, you know, that have all passed on. And that makes me very happy. I kind of can go there and get lost. Do you do anything like that? Do you have anything that helps you to feel better when you're worrying or stressed out at 3 a.m. like most people are? Quite honestly, no. I, you know what? Well, no, I'm going to take that back. Yes, if I wake up in the middle of the night because I'm thinking about something or because I'm worried, mm-hmm. I often will get my headset and I'll listen to um, a book of some sort, like, you know, on a uh, something that's been recorded or listen mm-hmm. to a podcast or listen to, uh, you know, one of my language apps or something like that. So I will listen to something. So it just takes my mind off of it. So that in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh, so I'll put my headset on. I'll put that on and then I'll listen to something and fall asleep, you know, listening to that. Don't you have trouble falling asleep? No. Wow. No. Oh, I, I forgot. You can fall asleep on a plane on the way to Italy. Can't you? Yeah. How does anybody do that? I have no idea. I close my eyes. I put my headset on. I have a, a head. I have a headband headset. I put that on. Put my book on or whatever I'm listening to. Put it down over my eyes. Put the eye mask on, and I'm out. I, wow. I know. I, I admire you for that. I'm gifted. You but at are. any rate, so if I wake up in the middle of the night, which at various <laughs> times in my life, yes, I have, I will put something on and listen to it. So yes, that's the strategy I use. Okay. I listen to something. So me as a Type A, you're not a Type A. I would say you got a little bit of perfectionism in you. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. You're more, okay, I'm not a perfectionist. I am a true type A. I am a worry, war, rigging, wrist type of human being. So if I put on music at night, which I would not advise anybody who's worrying, okay, but it works for you. I was going to say, but we're, for you. we're saying what I do. Yes, and I'm talking about what I do. So find something in between there, audience, that you would find that would help you when you're worrying. Yeah, think of some morbid <laughs> thoughts or, <laughs> or listen to some music. No. No. no, my thought, when I think about this family home and stuff like that, that's what I do when I meditate. So um, for some people, it may be praying, it, which I see, I think is very similar, similar, similar to meditating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some kind of happy place that you can sure. put yourself sure. and your mind that is relaxing to you, that helps you feel calm and quiet, that distracts you from what you're thinking about. Right. And that's what listening to, listening to a book or listening to yeah. something but for some people, it may not. It may not because that's waking up your brain. And your right. brain's like, hello, we're learning something. No, my brain is tired. It goes to sleep. And th- isn't that interesting? And quite honestly, yes, I listen to something every night to fall asleep. That's how I fall asleep. Okay. All right. See, she's, she's told us something about her. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. That's I how I turn, no my brain, I turn my brain off. And you just fall asleep. Your brain just says, uh-huh. okay, we're done for the day. Uh-huh. Wow. I set the timer on whatever, you know, if I'm listening to an app, there's a timer that says you can listen for 10 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. End of the chapter. Yeah, I set that and fall asleep. Wow. Did you wake up in the middle of the night? Oh, yeah. And and what happens? I put something on to listen to to go back to sleep. <laughs> How often do you do that in the middle of the night? 
At least once. Okay, so you have trained your brain to need some kind. Do you ever have the TV on? Did you in no. your past? No, no. You know what? There's no TV in the bedroom. Oh, okay. Some people do do that. Right. Some people have to have a TV on no, in order to no go TV back in to the sleep. Bedroom. No. I think we're getting a little distracted from worrying. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I do. Whether it's right or wrong, that's what I do. Well, it's interesting because you're waking your brain up. But whatever distracts you, yeah. oh, you know, that's a whole nother show. But whatever distracts <laughs> you and come gets, back next week, <laughs> absolutely. When I'm the new case study, it gets you back on track and and back to sleep because. Typically what happens, and we've discussed this before as well, is your sympathetic nervous system kicks in, the quiet part of your brain, your subconscious kicks in when we go to sleep at night, and then your worrying kicks in. So this can lead, if, if we don't do anything about our worrying, if we leave our worry to its own devices, then we will end up having anxiety dreams, mm. which I have. So I know when I'm particularly stressed. I am currently in full immersion French, as you were in full immersion Italian. Mm -hmm. Well, who thought it would take me down, okay? I mean, as far as worrying. Small things, when we have too much on our plate, that is also something that is very helpful to making us worry more. When we take on too many activities, we use too much brain power and don't have enough enough downtime. I decided to take on immersion French, Two days a week, three hours a night after working all day. Aha, uh-huh. who thought of that? Who thought that was a good idea? I did at the time, and but it's only for five weeks. I can endure it. But what happens is when I'm laying there going to sleep at night, I'm trying to convert my sentences into French. Mm-hmm. Are you con- do you wake up conjugating verbs? Yes. Yes. And then when I, when I wake up and I'm stressing and trying to go back to sleep, I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Then when I go to sleep, I'm having anxiety, which is worry about the class. And I'm dreaming about like not being able to get out of doors or dial a telephone or, you know, things like that are that are frustrating. That way, that is one of your key indicators that you're having some degree of anxiety in your life. Worry plays a huge part in our lives, and it's something that definitely needs to be acknowledged. People will say, oh, I've always been like this. I've always been a worrier. I always have. Yeah, I'm sure you have, but there's ways to calm it down. One of those things is trying to detour yourself from the things that make you worry, make you worry more. Uh, One of them being social media. Yeah. Social media is something that can really hit home. I made a benign comment the other day. No, I shouldn't have done it. I normally don't comment on other people's posts. Made a benign comment on how sad this post made me. And um, I said, that really makes me sad about this post. Well, they came at me with, you know, you know, Uzis and everything else, screaming and yelling up and down. I deleted the whole thing. I'm like, why would I do that to myself? That only added to whatever worry I already had. So we like to stay away from social media. Picking up the phone, looking at your phone, the blue light, all of those kind of things, that adds to your worry. Over-investigating, over-analyzing, asking people more questions about what you can't solve only adds to your worry. You're feeding it with a shovel. You're adding to it. You're feeding your reptilian brain more meat, and it doesn't need it. So we have to squelch that anxiety part, calm that down, wherever that may be, like a happy place or uh, distracting yourself like you do by listening to something 
or getting out of bed or walking around your home if it's normal daytime hours and also saying to yourself, what can I do about it? So we have to put it in perspective first. So let's take, let, throw something at me to worry about. Uh, people who worry about finances. Yes, finances. Worrying about finances. Well, you're always going to have problems with money or not have problems with money. There's always going to be issues of juggling money, working with money, doing something with money. Worrying about it forever isn't going to change it. It's not going to help it. So this is what you have to put into your head. You have to look at the genesis of where the problem's coming from. It's coming from me worrying about money. Often we don't know where it's coming from. So figure that out first, why you feel the way you do, that anxiety, that angst that is digging away at you. Why do I feel, oh, let me see, what is it? Oh, I know, I'm worried about the upcoming medical bills and I don't know how much insurance covered and it's Christmas and am I gonna have enough money? I've gotta deal out all these presents. How am I gonna do it? Oh my gosh, are we gonna have enough to get by? Are we gonna have enough to get by? You have no idea if you are or aren't until the situation plays out. So it's about taking what is worrying you and putting it into perspective, saying to yourself, there's nothing I can do about it until it plays out. That's not going to eliminate the worry, but it's going to put it where it belongs in a situation in your head of I'm doing the best I can with what I have right now. And whatever comes my way, I will handle. I will do the best I can at that time. But worrying about it isn't helping me, so I must distract myself. So awareness is your number one thing to remember. You don't need to carry worry in order to think you're going to change your future outcome. Stressing about your worry and pushing a future outcome is going to bring some type of bad element to that worry. I have never found a time when worrying turned out to be a better outcome because you manifested some kind of an outcome that you saw, thought was correct for a situation that hadn't happened. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we put it into perspective and we think about what we need to do next and how this is something that we can't fix, that we need to let play out, that God forbid our child has an accident, we'll have to deal with it then. God forbid we don't have enough money. What is our worst case scenario? Are we going to be thrown out of our house? Well, no. Or maybe yes. Maybe we need to adjust our income. But I will not address it until that situation arises. So the goal here is not to let your reptilian, frightened, animalistic brain kick in, but to calm it down and give it what it needs to relax it. So adding to it is always very counterintuitive to helping us to feel better. So finding a strategy that works for you, mm -hmm. whether it be listening or thinking or creating something mm -hmm. that works for you to help you uh, overcome the anxiety and the worry. Absolutely. So whether it's thinking about dying... <laughs> When you die, the afterlife. Wait, the afterlife, heaven to you, mm -hmm. where you like to pray to, where your meditation state is that helps you go to this happy place. And also, one of the things I always say, tell yourself to shut up. Okay, <laughs> I do. When you say this to yourself, when you start see yourself going there, as mm -hmm. I call it, shut up, Liz, shut the hell up, just mm -hmm. just shut up. And, you know, think about something positive. I go to that happy place where my 
passed away family is, and I'm comfortable there, and I feel good, and I'm happy. You? I listen to something. You listen to something. Whatever works for you doesn't mean it's wrong. The only thing that matters is that it works for you, and you don't spend your time frivolously worrying about things you can never fix, that by the end of your life, you're going to say, why the hell did I do all that worrying over things I never could fix? And you find some degree of peace of mind. Does that sound good to you? Sounds good. Thank you, Gina. You're welcome. The information in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to replace treatment or diagnosis by a qualified mental health professional. 